Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about why should you or would you refinance? And just a quick hint, uh, it's not what you think it might be, uh, which could be or is mostly uh, to obtain a, a lower interest rate. That's what people think is the key reason to undertake a refinance. Um, but I can tell you as a active investor myself, um, that is not been the predominant reason or primary reason or really any reason for me refinancing. Uh, anyway, I want to talk about this because, uh, well, I mean, it's a bit topical at the moment. According to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, uh, for the year ending uh, May 2020, uh, there was a 63% increase in people refinancing. So obviously that's happening at the moment. I guess people are at home. They've got a little bit more time on their hands uh, and they can pay a little bit more attention to their personal financial situation, uh, which is a good thing, of course. Uh, but I wanted to um, just have a chat or a discussion about what's the point of refinancing and what should you be focusing on um, other than interest rate, because typically you don't need to refinance to, to obtain a lower interest rate. So if that is your primary or only concern, uh, then um, there might not necessarily need to be a refinance involved. Anyway, before we get into the discussion, uh, let me just firstly clarify, um, uh, uh, I guess, a, a distinction between an internal and external refinance. So there's two types of refinances you can do. And essentially, a refinance is a recontracting of a loan. That's what it is by definition. Uh, when you take out a loan, you sign a loan contract. If you want to vary that contract or, or refinance into a new one, you have to sign a new loan contract. That's what refinancing is. You can do that, what's called internally, so with the same bank, uh, just recontracting a loan. Or you can take that loan to a completely new lender, and that's referred to as an external refinance. Uh, might sound like I'm splitting hairs here, but some things you can, some things you can achieve with an internal or external refinance, but some things require an external refinance to be able to implement. So anyway, I just wanted to put put that out there. As I said, um, over the past twenty years, personally for my mortgages, and I uh, refinanced my mortgages earlier this year. Um, I have never refinanced because of interest rate. Uh, and I think that's a really important thing because quite often the media talks about lower interest rates, switch lenders, etc. You know, I'm going to talk about how do you approach your lender to get a lower interest rate and therefore avoid a refinance. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But um, it, there's there's uh, other benefits or, or drivers to refinancing. And really, there's three reasons to undertake a refinance. Uh, to restructure your loans is the first one. Uh, to extend or maximise your uh, borrowing capacity or borrowable equity. Uh, and the third one, third reason is uh, due to cost. It is possible that you're stuck at a lender that actually won't give you a lower interest rate uh, and therefore if that's the case, you, you may need to refinance, although that would not be uh, common these days. Okay, so let's talk about uh, these three reasons um, and give you some examples. So the first one is to restructure your loans. And um, we the, the loan structure that you have can impact or affect your cash flow and your ability to invest. So um, uh, 
we, we help clients restructure loans and that could extend to restructuring how loan repayments are set up, so interest-only principal interest, um, structure how loans are, are secured, so which properties is used as security, um, reset loan terms. Uh, we could be um, consolidating two loans into one, for example, if they relate to the same investment. All these sorts of things uh, go towards uh, improving one's structure and also positioning them uh, to reduce risk, uh, reduce cash flow or improve cash flow or give them ability to continue to invest. Um, probably uh, there's three common um, situations or scenarios that fall under the restructure your loans reason for refinancing. The first one is um, resetting interest-only terms. Uh, so this is particularly relevant for investors. Um, an interest-only term means that you only have to pay interest in respect to loan, no principal repayments. Uh, an interest-only term typically lasts for five years. Uh, once that term has expired, uh, pursuant to the loan contract, the repayments will automatically convert to principal interest. Um, for Particularly for investors, uh, most lenders allow you a second interest-only term um, without needing credit approval. So it's a relatively simple process. So it's possible that you roll over for a second five-year term. Uh, but then beyond that, typically to get a third and fourth and fifth interest-only term, not impossible, but requires an external refinance. So that is you've got to go to a completely new lender, rewrite the loan agreement again, and start that process. Uh, these days, uh, banks are reluctant to give you kind of evergreen or everlasting um, uh, interest-only terms. So quite often that's something uh, that we're looking at for our clients uh, in terms of refinance. The second common one is resetting the loan term. So it's quite possible that you've been on interest-only repayments, you're quite happy uh, to let the loan convert to principal interest. Uh, so particularly in a low interest rate environment, you might actually prefer to start repaying debt. Um, but if you've already had a couple of interest-only terms, your problem is going to be that your remaining loan term will be too short and that will extend your or increase your minimum repayments. So let me give you an example. All loan terms or almost all loan terms are 30 years. Um, typically, if you take out a 30-year loan that's interest-only, the first five years will be interest-only and the remaining 25 years will be principal interest. Um, if you have a second interest-only term, that means you've used up 10 years of that loan agreement, which means the remaining loan term will be 20 years. And so when the loan flicks over to principal interest repayments, your repayments will be calculated over a 20-year period. So, for example, if you had an $800,000 loan over 20 years, the repayments are nearly $4,500. However, if we go and refinance or rewrite that loan, and that could be an internal or external re, uh, refinance, um, and reset the loan term back up to 30 years again, uh, your loan repayments are about $3,400. So, about $1,100 per month lower because the, the loan term has extended. So um, that is appropriate, again, for people that uh, are quite comfortable to go over to P&I uh, repayments but don't necessarily want to um, want to make sure that they set their repayments, minimum repayments at the lowest amount, which is prudent to do. So even if you're comfortable with repaying $4,500, um, it is actually prudent to set them lower 
then go ahead and pay the $4,500 a month. But should your circumstances change, you can always reduce them back to the minimum. And the third um, reason that falls under that, this first reason, the first scenario, I should say, that falls under the first reason to refinance, which is restructure your loans. The first, the, the, the last one is release of security. So um, uh, this is important in terms of um, minimising your risk. So that is giving the bank less security than the, what, what they might need. Um, and also ensuring that tax deductions are never compromised, so splitting out loans by uh, purpose and um, in particular, you know, which, uh, um, which investments that they relate to. Uh, so what we would typically do if, if a client's thinking about divesting of a, a property, uh, we will consider doing two things. The first one is uh, we will seek to uh, release that property as security and the reason why is that we, we would much prefer to have an unencumbered property to sell because then the investor has complete control over that cash flow. However, if you have a mortgage against an asset, the bank can then control that cash flow. So, for example, they might force you to repay other loans uh, depending on your financial circumstances uh, when you might not want to. You might want to put the money in the offset, for example, or something like that. The second thing we will consider is whether we should hang on to any existing loans and just change the security. And that would be particularly relevant for people that have a limited borrowing capacity and they might actually have access or, or their loans that are currently set up uh, are more than what they could otherwise obtain today. Uh, and we might want to preserve those limits. So repaying loans when you go and uh, sell a property isn't always the best thing. You know, there's other restructuring things that we will undertake, including consolidating accounts, splitting loan accounts out, um, releasing other property as security, et cetera, et cetera. It all goes to towards making sure that the investor can implement their plans according to how they want to do it rather than how the bank wants to do it. So that's the first reason to refinance, to restructure your loans. The second reason, uh, predominant reason to refinance is to maximise your borrowable equity. And maximising your borrowable equity is very important because it gives you or it maximises your access to future investment capital. And that's either going to help you build your investment portfolio and or help you achieve lifestyle goals. Uh, and I'm going to talk about how borrowing capacity is not, a fi- uh, not an infinite resource, it's a finite resource and that's why we need to um, proactively manage it. Uh, so there's, uh, again, three scenarios under the maximise borrowable equity um, reason, uh, three common scenarios that I can talk about. The first one is bank valuations. So it's not uncommon for a valuation of the same property at the same time, but undertaken by two different banks to differ by several hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've had it myself personally, where the differential in valuation has been three or four hundred thousand dollars on the same asset. So it's kind of ridiculous, probably shouldn't happen, but it does happen. And an extra, uh, you know, a valuation that's a couple hundred thousand dollars higher can be the difference between being able to invest or not invest. And that's going to help you maximize your borrowable equity. Of course, I'm not suggesting we go and borrow regardless of considerations of cash flow and uh, risk appetite and all those sorts of things. But let's just assume um, under this scenario that it is prudent and comfortable for this client to borrow additional monies. It's really just depending on the valuation. Well, 
um, using or looking at uh, having firstly a realistic assessment of, of the value of your property is important. Uh, and then finding a bank that shares your viewpoint uh, is critical in terms of implementing. So sometimes you have to switch lenders in order to access equity. Uh, the second one is higher borrowing capacity. Now, uh, I've spoken a lot about credit policy and how credit policy uh, varies between lenders, uh, varies between scenarios. So um, some lenders some lenders will suit different clients in different scenarios better than others. Um, but also, it's an ever-changing world as well. So whilst, for example, CBA might have the highest borrowing capacity for me today, there's nothing, um, there's no guarantee that CBA will also have the highest borrowing capacity for me in, say, three years' time or even three months' time. And so sometimes to extend your borrowing capacity, to move to a lender that's going to um, apply a little bit more common sense to your scenario, uh, sometimes it's important to switch lenders. And again, an external refinance is what's required uh, there. And finally, uh, the other reason is to put some distance between a previous credit assessment. So the problem is that if you go and apply for a loan from a lender, lender A, um, and lender A assesses your situation and says, look, we, we, we like it, we'll lend you the money, but um, we, th- we think you're at your limit. There's nothing nothing more to give you. Uh, if you then go back to that lender A in two or one or two years' time um, and the credit assessor picks up a file and it'll be a different credit assessor, they'll read the notes from the previous credit assessor. And if the notes say, we this is the limit, we don't want to give this person any more money, even if your circumstances have changed, what you need is a brave credit assessor to overrule and stick their neck out and uh, approve your loan. Even if, in the absence of that comment, they would do so, that comment will be a legacy problem for you. And so sometimes the only way to um, get around this issue, and I've had it myself personally, is to switch to a different bank. You get a fresh pair of eyes. You don't have the history that you need to deal with, um, uh, any notes that have included in the credit file, and it will be based on its merits rather than what the previous credit assessor thought. So again, sometimes you just got to play the game and understand this is how it works. Now, if you understand that a credit assessor is assessed on the loans, the performance of the loans that they approve, and that that will directly impact their remuneration and also job security. So if you're a credit assessor, why would you stick your neck out and put your job on the line or put your bonus on the line or put your remuneration on the line just to get a loan approved? Most credit assessors aren't going to do it. And so that's the issue that you're going to have. The third and final reason to refinance is to reduce your overall cost. Um, Again, I'm going to talk about in a second that there's a a way around this. You don't necessarily need to complete an external refinance. But sometimes there's situations where a lender will offer you a much higher interest rate discount or a much better fixed rate uh, and your existing incumbent lender won't match it. And in that circumstance... Uh, it might be worthwhile then refinancing. Um, a lot of lenders are offering cash incentives uh, to refinance to, to, for you to bring their loans to them uh, and will pay you somewhere in the order of two to $4,000 uh, to offset the cost associated with refinancing, but really to incentivize winning new business. Uh, if you do refinance, there's uh, three fees you need to be aware of. 
your existing lender, your incumbent lender will charge you a discharge fee. And that's really to the administrative work of discharging the mortgage over uh, and the, the loan. Um, uh, then there'll be a settlement fee charged by the new lender. Sorry, that discharge fee is about $300. Then uh, your new lender will charge you a settlement fee. And again, that's to register the new mortgage uh, and set up the new loan and so forth. And the third will be a mortgage deregistration, registration fees. These are government fees. Um, and typically they range between two and $300 per uh, security. So per loan, you're looking at a nearly a th- a, almost $1,000 in fees to refinance. So if a bank's going to pay you two to $4,000, um, you, you could almost be better off from a fee perspective, a loan interest rate perspective, going through a refinance. Um, but if cost is your only concern, then what I would recommend is that you pick up the phone and speak to your existing bank uh, and uh, ask them for a higher interest rate discount. Of course, they're not going to do that proactively. They're not going to be ringing you. You have to ask for it. Um, the lender must feel like you are ready to walk. Um, so it's really important to make sure that you're asking in a way that says, if you don't give this to me, I'm going to your competitor, uh, as opposed to, can I please have a higher interest rate discount? Uh, and therefore, it's important to cite a, a competitive offer. And if you need any help with this, um, don't hesitate to reach out to Jody McEwen from our team. Um, she can give you uh, maybe some pointers of what to say and what to ask for. Uh, And you should probably do that before contemplating switching lenders. Uh, So at least give your existing lender an opportunity to retain your business. Uh, Now, let me talk about why the first two reasons are more important than the last. And the reason for that is that borrowing capacity is a finite resource. It's a scarce resource and it's becoming scarcer. No one has an infinite borrowing capacity because our borrowing capacity is either restricted by two things – either our own financial position or risk appetite. You know, some people just don't like borrowing or, you know, based on their cash flow, they would only be prepared to borrow an extra million dollars, for example. Even though if lenders will be happy to lend us more, that's what we're happy to borrow, that's fine. Or the second thing that will limit it is the banks. So I might be willing and happy to take on another million dollars worth of borrowing, borrowings, but if the bank can, will only be willing to lend me 500 then that's what's going to restrict it. But either way you cut it, everyone has a finite, a limited amount of borrowing capacity. So therefore, it stands to reason that you absolutely must do two things. The first thing is, uh, that's if you're going to be a successful investor, of course, the first thing is uh, to safely maximise it. Now, I'm not suggesting people go out willy-nilly and start borrowing to ridiculous level. That's that's exactly, that's not what I'm saying, 100% not what I'm saying. You need to be absolutely prudent and you need to be conservative, in my view, with respect to borrowing capacity and have a strategy on how you're going to repay that debt at some point as well. Um, But the point is that that, that investing is more a game of finance than it is really investment assets. And it's really about proactively maximising your borrowable equity uh, and uh, refinancing is a really good way to do that, again, depending on your situation. Over the last 20 years, the only time I've refinanced is to either access borrowable equity or restructure my loans. I've never refinanced to get a lower interest rate. As I said, you can pick up the phone uh, and ask for a a higher interest rate discount. And access to a higher borrowing amount 
or reducing your cash flow is going to make a much better, uh, it's going to have a bigger financial impact long term uh, on your asset base than saving 0.3 of a percent or 0.03 of a percent even sometimes. The interest rate that you pay isn't a big deal. Uh, It's really how you structure your loans and how much access to investment capital you have. That's the key thing. Uh, How often should you refinance? Well, I typically refinance my loans every uh, probably two, maybe probably three to four years, I would say. Uh, Look, I never plan to leave my existing lender. I'm happy to stay with them um, uh, as long as they're willing to accommodate my reasonable needs. Uh, I'm not unreasonable about what I'd like to do. If I think I'm in a position where I can acquire another investment asset and my existing lender is saying no, uh, I'll go and find a lender that will say yes. And this has helped me uh, continue to build my investment portfolio and most importantly, achieve my lifestyle goals. And as I said, it's a bit of a game sometimes. Quite happy to stay with the same lender for 10 years if, as I said, they're going to accommodate my needs. Uh, Unfortunately, it just really plays out that way. Uh, If you're not an active investor, you know, you've got a whole bunch of assets, you're not really changing your debt very much, uh, then refinancing less often is probably, you know, you you probably don't need to refinance every uh, three to four years uh, like I do. Uh, Final word is that refinances, particularly now during COVID, aren't a simple or quick thing. Uh, A refinance these days takes uh, two to three months to complete from start to finish. Um, um, a lot of lenders are having sort of back office processing issues or delays, again, related to COVID and so forth. Uh, so if you're going to go through a refinance, uh, patience is very much a virtue. So there you have it. They're the three reasons to refinance. Uh, that is to restructure existing lending, to maximise borrowable equity or to reduce your cost. Uh, if you'd like to learn a little bit more, I am hosting a webinar on the 12th of August at 12.30pm and you can uh, register for that. The the link is in the show show notes and the blog on the website. Um, The webinar is the five steps to safely maximise your borrowable equity and during the webinar I'll be interviewing uh, Jared McCabe from Wakeland Property Advisory because valuations, uh, property valuations are a key component Uh, and I'm going to interview him because he used to prepare property valuations, particularly for banks. And I'm going to ask him, how do we go about maximising those? Uh, So if that's of interest, I hope you'll join me uh, next Wednesday on the 12th of August at uh, 12.30. Uh, Thanks very much. And until next week, bye for now.